how to better minister to young girls in your ministry. All this and more on Youth and Culture. Hey guys, today is episode 18. Guys, if you are uh, new to the podcast, my name is Ryan Sebastian. I just want to thank you for tuning in and making this podcast a part of your day today. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while uh, and you have not subscribed uh, to the podcast or left a rating review, what I would like you to do is to hit pause for 30 seconds. Go ahead and give us a rating. Give us a review. Uh, tell us uh, how can we better serve you. Uh, if you have topics and things that you would like us to cover, please put that in the comments um, and the review as well so we can just have content to, to better serve you in your ministry and where you are at. Again, I want to thank you, all of you for what you do as youth leaders and youth workers and youth pastors um, because what you do is important. What you do is, is essential in reaching this generation. Again, uh, today I had a great opportunity to talk to uh, Katie Edwards. And what we talked about was specifically how to minister to young girls. Uh, for most youth pastors who are uh, the male influence, who it's kind of hard for us to really understand how to effectively minister to girls because it's not the way our brains work, uh, naturally how to reach them, how they think. So I really uh, was glad to have an opportunity to talk to Katie and learn from her how to better impact and minister to young girls. Again, stay tuned for this week's episode. Hey guys, I'm I'm really excited about uh, today's interview. We get to uh, talk to uh, the famous Katie Edwards, and uh, the today's topic is a topic that I'm excited to talk about because it has to deal with how to effectively minister to girls in your student ministry. Uh, so, Katie, how about you introduce yourself a little bit and your journey in uh, youth ministry and where you are today? Okay. Um, well, hello. Um, <clears throat> my name is Katie Edwards, and I am currently the student ministries pastor at Saddleback Church in California, Orange County, California. I focus my time mostly on middle school, but I also oversee our high school and college ministry. Um, I've been on our staff, our student ministry staff full time here at my church for 23 years, which is kind of crazy. Um, and yeah, I love my home church, love, um, love being rooted in, in this community here in Orange County. I am married, so I've been married for 21 years to my husband, Ron, who's a school teacher. And then I have two daughters, a daughter who's a sophomore in college, 
and a daughter who's a junior in high school. And then I have a third grade son. So um, yeah, being a mom and also being a full-time youth pastor. So life is chaotic and wonderful and great. And yeah, love, love doing youth ministry at my church. Absolutely. So when you, when you first started ministry, uh, uh, what do you wish you have known when you first started out? <laughs> yeah. Gosh, it's so funny because life was re- looked really different when I first got into youth ministry. I mean, we're talking no no internet, really, no cell phones, no technology like that. So um, youth ministry has changed quite a bit, obviously, since when I first started. Um, I'm making myself sound like I was born in the 1800s, but uh, <laughs> it just was really different. I think starting out, the thing that I really wish I would have known is just the power of team. I think as a younger youth worker, I was trying to prove myself and do everything, um, be everything to every kid, fix every situation. And I just didn't understand how crucial and important it is to develop a team around you and to develop a team of leaders to uh, minister to our students. So to me, if I went back to tell my younger self anything, it would be from the very beginning, what does it look like to empower and equip a a team of volunteers to do ministry together? So that's something that is really important to me today. And it's something that I pour a ton of time into. Um, But it's something as a younger youth worker, I I didn't totally get why it was important. Now I agree. That's something that even when I started out uh, doing youth youth ministry, is something I struggle with as well. Especially when you're like I'm in a smaller church context, uh, in a smaller church, small community. Uh, so when you're a, a youth uh, youth pastor and a or student pastor in a small smaller church, it's almost expected of you to do everything. Right. Uh, it's almost that expectation. And and again, I was doing everything from worship to speaking to games, you name it, I was doing it. And it took me, it took me years to kind of figure out, Hey, I can't do it all and be, and have run an effective student ministry. Uh, so I, I totally, I totally agree with that. It's, it's all of what the best thing you can do is develop a team around you. And Cause you're, you're essentially as a pastor, your, your role is to equip other people for ministry, not you do it all yourself. So I totally agree. For sure. And you know, Ryan, like you have, I mean, there's, there's students out there that I connect with and then there's students out there that I, I don't. And there's other leaders who connect better with, with different students. And so I think even just having a variety of people, um, is just, just helps our ministry be more effective, no matter what your size is, you know, even if you only have five kids in, in your youth ministry, you know, you might not connect with all five of them. You might need to find a couple other volunteers with other interests that connect really well with with the kids in your youth group. So I think just team brings variety too with who you're ministering to and helping to fulfill the needs of your kids and all that good stuff. Um, can I add one more thing that I would tell my younger self? Can I, can I add something? No, to absolutely. I would also like go back and really talk about how to care for myself. Well, um, just how to take time off, how to, um, rest well, how to do Sabbath well, how to ask for help, just like ways to care for my soul. I think as a younger youth worker, I didn't know how to do that. And I didn't have anybody teaching me that. So I probably would go back and to really set me up well for the long haul, 
talk about how to care for myself, you know, as a youth pastor. Oh yeah. I, and that again ties into even my experience. I, I have, I, there's so many times I've been in youth ministry that I've just wanted just to completely burn out yeah. uh, from not doing that. There's actually a period of time, even early on in my ministry here, uh, where I was spending so much time with teens, which is great, but it seems like almost every night of the week and it was hurting, uh, my marriage. It was hurting, uh, my family. And it got to a point where I had to confront one of my leaders and just say, look, this is what's going on. Uh, what do you recommend? And, uh, he just said, I mean, asked, you can't do this. Uh, there's no way you can do everything and spend having a relationship with every single student. And I was literally just burning myself out and actually burning my family out. So I, I totally agree with that as well. Just take time, learn to rest. So I totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, another question, what a question I want to ask you is what, what are some ways to minister and connect with girls, uh, specifically in, in student ministry? And, and the reason why I, I asked this question, because this is a question that pops up a lot for male uh, student pastors, is, is how do I minister to girls? Uh, because we live in a culture uh, to where it, you have to be very careful on how you uh, minister to girls because of appearance sake, uh, being scared of being living in a culture where people are easily accused of things. So how, how, what are some recommendations or advice you would give uh, for youth pastors like me when it comes to ministering to girls? Yeah. Well, I would say don't be don't be scared of girls. Don't be scared of teenage girls. Um they need they need male and female youth pastors. They need um they need male perspectives and female perspectives to help them to discover their uniqueness and become who God's created them to be. So, I would say if you're a male youth pastor, our teenage girls need to hear from you. Um and you know, I think I don't know how, you know, you're structured in your context, but I, I think in our context, whether we're spending time with the opposite gender or the same gender, we have the same kind of relational boundaries in place. Because to be totally honest, there's, you know, as much same gender things happening as opposite gender. So I think it's good to just think through relational boundaries in general. Um, I think, you know, if you are a male youth pastor ministering, you know, and talking with your teenage girls in your youth group setting and your youth group room, I think um, engaging girls in conversations when they're in your space where you know that that's, you know, a safe space to have conversations with students. Um, if it's not, if your youth base isn't, that would be something to kind of look at. I think attending um something that, you know, your teenage girls are involved in, a sporting event, or, you know, if that's a dance competition or something like that, connecting with her parents, and then, you know, maybe going to one of their events or going to something that they're involved with and talking to them before and after. Great conversation can happen before and after things like that. It's in public, um, but you're also showing support and encouragement. Um, like I said, it's easy to connect with a parent um, or bring another student along with you or bring another leader along with you. Um, like I said, in our context, we don't spend time with students one-on-one. -on -one. Everything's two-on-one, so two leaders with one student, whether it's the opposite gender or the same gender. Um, so maybe it's just thinking through like who could be a partner in relationship 
intentional youth ministry with you. I would say if girls are going through something tough, um, it's always good to know who your team is as a youth pastor. So who might you refer a, um, one of your female students to if they need counseling or they need something ongoing? It's good to ha- it's good to know what your resources are. I think it's definitely important to have good female leaders on your team as well, so that there are some things that you want to help you you want to point a, a teenage girl towards maybe a female leader. So I think there's all sorts of ways that you can build relationships with the teenage girls in your ministry, but I also think there are some instances that you want to make sure you do have some female leaders alongside that you can point girls to. Like I said, they need both of you. No, I agree. Well, I'll just use myself as an example. One thing that um, I try to do is try to make sure I build relationships within uh, our youth youth ministry space. I'm like on a given Sunday or or midweek or activities that that type of relationship there. And also, I do try to make sure, like you said, uh, making sure that you spend time with them and sports activities, dance competitions, whatever it is, activities they're involved in. Try to spend and get involved there. Uh, I do like your actually uh, what you said. I do alike. I don't have it in necessarily a policy for my my leaders personally, and maybe those who are listening uh, may be good for you to do as well. Is implement a two to one ratio to where to everyone's student when you're doing things, doing activities, make sure you have it two adults. I do like that rule, uh, that kind of rule of thumb, because it's it's a safety factor as well uh, for your ministry. Um, but yeah, one thing I do, I, I try to make sure that I implement uh, for me personally, what works for me is have my wife is extremely involved uh, with my, with the girls in our uh, student ministry. So whenever I have uh, like a major counseling or I have a, a girl dealing with something, even this past week, I have a girl that in our youth ministry uh, who's doing something really personal that I, my wife is the one that I go to and, and she has a counseling relationship uh, with all the girls, but I do uh, do agree that find you need to find someone, a leader in your ministry, to kind of take that role of counseling role when it comes to uh, when it comes to young girls. I think you know, as a youth pastor, it's always good to have kind of your three or four people who are go to people with with really any student who has got you know, crisis stuff happening. My husband isn't involved in our youth ministry. He is awesome and wonderful and lovely, but does not, it's not his calling. So, you know, I have a couple of um, guys on my leadership team that, you know, when I'm in a situation with a, with a male student that, you know, I feel like, gosh, he really does need, you know, someone to talk to. It's a little bit more next level um, and needs a male to talk to. I have people to go to. So I would say the same is true for you if you're a male youth worker um, and maybe your wife isn't involved and she really doesn't need to be if she doesn't want to be. But, you know, who are the who are, you know, one or two females or even on your church you know, in your congregation or in your community, you might identify a female and a male counselor, you know, that you might refer students to professionally. I think it's just good to kind of think through who are my people, who are my resources, um, you know, for when kind of the next level stuff hits. But I think teenage girls, you know, are actually a pretty easy crew to minister to. They love to talk. (laughs) Um, They love to know that you're interested in what they're interested in, um, asking good questions, following up, 
praying with them. They respond really well to a lot of that kind of stuff. So I think they're a pretty easy crew to minister to, actually. Now, I would agree with that, too. Girls, to me, and I'm and are easier when it comes to ministering uh, than guys. And the reason why, I, like the examples you just said, they're more relational. Uh, our girls are, as a whole in our ministry, are a whole nother level spiritually uh, than my guys. And it's been that way since I've uh, been in ministry. I've had experienced the same thing uh, throughout my years of ministry that the, the girls in my ministry have always been at a higher level spiritually. And a lot of it is, has to do with the maturity. Girls are typically few years ahead of guys, maturity-wise. Um, I got, for instance, our, our girls here in my in my context, I had a group of girls a few years ago just come to me, say they wanted to start a Bible study. And I wasn't pushing it. They started on their own, and that's grown. Uh, there's been uh, girls come to Christ through that Bible study. Uh, it's been phenomenal to see. But that type of spiritual maturity is always higher, in my experience, with girls than I've seen with guys. So I would agree that agree with that. It is to me, it is easier to minister to girls than it is to guys. Yeah, they're a fun bunch. <laughs> no, I, I would not agree. My wife would tell you would say the same exact thing. She's been working with with my uh, girls in my ministry for years. Uh, so she. But, like when you're ministering to girls, you know, be thinking of next steps. You know, that's another way that you can really engage um, with teenage girls is you know, what's, what's next steps out there for them? You know, as far as like, is it serving? Is it leadership? Is it a Bible study? Is it writing? You know, I think girls, you know, respond really well, you know, to people who believe in them. And so I think, you know, even just as a male youth pastor, that's just another way that you can come alongside your girls, just belief and next steps and potential and all of those great things. No, absolutely. Uh, one of the questions I do have for you is, why do you think uh, teenage girls struggle with the most? And uh, what are some ways that we can help meet uh, those needs in a student ministry context? Um, gosh, struggle with the most. That I mean, that's such a great question. I, I mean, I think today what I'm seeing the most among teenage girls is Definitely loneliness. I think loneliness is something that they struggle with quite a bit, especially with technology. So there's the illusion of relationships, but authentic relationships are kind of seem to be fewer, few and far between. So I think loneliness is something I definitely think worth, you know, and self-worth is something that teenage girls struggle with. Um, am I enough? Am I good enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I this, you know? They might ask those questions that feel maybe surface level, but there's a whole lot beneath that. And so I think um, teenage girls wrestle with self-worth. And I think that's probably been something around since the beginning of time. Um, I think those are probably the top two things they struggle with. Um, I definitely think, too, um, just pressure to be accepted, to be seen, to be known, you know, I think those are things that are important to teenage girls. I, I don't know if they, I would necessarily say they struggle with it, but I think teenage girls today really want to be seen and known. Um, and again, technology puts a little bit of a barrier between um, sometimes the truth and, you know, um, what, what we're actually seeing. So I think they're putting things out there to be seen, but it's not necessarily the whole story. So I think 
teenage girls struggle a little bit with giving us their whole story, you know, of helping us understand kind of who they are and where they're at and some of those things. So, but to me, the the number one thing I think I'm seeing among our girls right now is just, yeah, a loneliness. So what's some, what do you think are some ways in a, in a uh, youth pastors or, or youth ministry context, what we can do to help young girls who are dealing with these struggles? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the thing that battles that, well, and let me just back up a second. You know, the thing that makes loneliness such a powerful struggle is that that what a girl or even a teenage boy um, does in their loneliness, um, it just leads to so many different things depression, um, anxiety, self-harm. It's, it's kind of this, this catalyst for all of these different things. Um, and I think the, really the antidote for loneliness is relationship. And I think that's the one thing that the church has to offer that a whole lot of other stuff doesn't, you know, the church should be a place where we're offering authentic, excuse me, authentic relationships for our teenagers, whether that's through small groups or mentoring or coaching or whatever you call it. I think the relationship between students, you know, between one another and between, you know, godly mentors and our students are just super crucial. Um, And I, like, again, like I said, I think the church is the place that really could be the place that offers authentic relationship. Um, social media offers connection, but it doesn't necessarily offer relationship. Um, entertainment in your community gives students a place to connect, but it doesn't really kind of offer and foster relationships. The church can be a place where we foster really, really authentic relationships. And I think it's in relationship that students have a place to be seen, a place to talk and to share about what's going on, a place to share feelings, a place to be themselves, all of those kinds of things are antidotes to loneliness. And again, loneliness leads to, you know, so many different things. So I think relationship is is the key there. I absolutely agree. And uh, one thing that uh, I always encourage our leaders when it comes to, when it comes to guys, it doesn't matter if it's guy, guys or girls, this is true both on both ends of the spectrum. Uh, when it comes to relationships, is investing in in students outside of a church building. Uh, find ways to invest outside because it means more to them uh, when you're being intentional in relationships, uh, especially when you're being intentionally trying to spend time with them um, outside of a given Sunday or midweek program. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think authentic connection doesn't only happen, have to happen within the four walls of your church. You know, it can happen in a, in a lot of different spaces, but I definitely think being with, and you know, you definitely have introverted kids and extroverted students, right? Which, you know, you have some extroverts who who can't get enough time with you and you have some introverts who um, a little goes a long way or it's quality time over quantity time, you know, understanding who the student is um, and meeting them where they're at. But introverts, extroverts alike are looking for just authentic community and connection for sure. And I think, most of the things that teenagers struggle with, if if they're in a, a healthy village of people, 
um, they've just got a chance to navigate and move through those struggles, I think, differently than kids that don't. No, absolutely. One other uh, thing I want to ask you is, what, is what, what do you think a common myth uh, is when it comes to ministering to teenage girls? Yeah, um, I think a common myth is just that they're all drama and crazy. You know, you, you, you say the phrase teenage girls, and I think immediately, you know, people think dramatic and crazy. I think all humans are dramatic and crazy, <laughs> not just teenage girls. No, I'll agree. And I think that, you know, sure, you know, in adolescence, you know, emotions are heightened, pendulums are swinging. I mean, that's true about just the teenage audience. But um, I think there is so much depth and and potential in in the teenage girls that we get to minister to. You know, we get to encourage and empower this generation to be the church. And I think, you know, girls, because of, yeah, they, they do tend to have, you know, their maturity level does tend to be just a smidge higher than guys. I think they can be leading in really powerful ways right now in your youth ministry. They don't have to wait until they grow up more or until later. They just, they've got the chops to, to lead and to influence in really powerful ways right now. So they are a strong, they're a strong audience because teenage girls have strong emotions. They've got strong things happening um, because of adolescence. And I think that strength is an asset. You actually made a good point that uh, when it comes to uh, girls' maturity and find avenues of having them to lead. Uh, so you made it, I, that's a great point. It's a point that I didn't even realize it, but I'm actually, I have implemented it in myself, my own ministry, uh, finding ways to implement leaders and my top leaders or the girls in my ministry just because of their maturity, spiritual maturity. Um, and so they're they're being leaders in different aspects, and I even had one girl uh, who's serving has been our worship uh, ministry for a few years, and she came even to uh, to my wife a few weeks ago, said and talking about how she's grown more and you know, spiritually and either and in also leadership roles since she's had the opportunity to lead uh, and lead in worship. So I totally agree, and that's a great point uh, that you made for that as well. You kind of you kind of talked about this a little bit, kind of hit some points uh, a little bit earlier on, but and you talked about um, far as uh, when it comes to what advice you would give uh, give youth leaders. You kind of mentioned make sure you build a team sure. and, around you, and also you talked about uh, kind of having periods of rest. But what what other advice would you give uh, youth leaders in their ministry? Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> I think spend, I mean, this, gosh, this might sound like a no brainer, but I have to be reminded of this. I think, you know, pick strategic times in your year to get away and pray and to seek out what God wants to do in your youth ministry. It can be really easy to plan what you think is best as a youth pastor or to stay in the same rhythm that you've been in for years. But what does it look like to, to pull out, you know, maybe two times a year or pull back and really just spend some time with the Lord, spend some time praying with your volunteers, with parents from your ministry, with students from your ministry about what's next and what God has next. 
I think um, there's just such power in that process of, of really seeking out what the Lord wants to do in you and through you as a youth pastor and in and through your youth ministry. So that's definitely a piece of advice I would give is pick strategic times during the year to plan and pray or pray and then plan probably in that order. Um, so yeah, I, I think, yeah, the soul care piece, be caring for yourself. You're not really good to anyone. If you're, you know, spread super thin and burnt out and exhausted. It's hard to give God and your youth ministry your best, you know, your church your best if you're just exhausted. So um, I think one of the things that is important about rest is something that I talk to my team a lot about here is your day off should not be spent recuperating from the week that you had. It should be spent getting refreshed for the days ahead. Um, and I don't know if you have one day off or two day off or whatever, um, but to make sure that whatever, you know, whatever time you have off, that that really should be filled with all sorts of things that refresh your soul so that you can't wait to get back to what you're doing. Um, if you're sleeping away your days off and then you're kind of limping into your week, that's not rest. That's not real. <laughs> That's just sleep. So I think sometimes we have to figure out how, what our rhythm of rest looks like throughout the week and then spending significant time on our days off to get refreshed for what's ahead. I think that's a big learning for our team, maybe like six or seven years ago for, for kind of how we shifted doing our time off. So yeah, so that's probably something that I would say, look and think about how you rest, how you do time off, what that looks like. Absolutely. Well, Katie, if uh, if somebody wanted to get connected with you, either ask questions, more questions about how to minister to girls or about youth ministry in general, uh, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Yeah, I mean, probably the best way is just my email, which is just Katie, K-A-T-I-E, and then another E at Saddleback.com. Um, saddlebackjhm.com is the website for my junior high ministry and for our church. And so you can contact me through there too. And if you want to kind of get a glimpse of what we're doing, that's probably where I would point you. Um, I'm on, you know, Instagram and all the things too. My Instagram is Katie Edwards 1212. So you could DM me there too. Well, Kate, I want to thank you for coming out of the podcast. I know you, that you're busy. We've been rescheduling and scheduling this over and over, and we've, we both have been busy this summer. So I just want to thank you for taking your time out and coming out on the podcast. Oh, my gosh. Honored. Thank you so much for, for asking. And so great to always spend time talking about youth ministry. It's the best. I am really thankful for Katie's input and advice on how to be more effective in reaching young girls. Again, this is uh, an area, of, if you're a uh, male, uh, this is an area that a lot of times is a weakness on how to better minister uh, to girls because, again, we don't think like they do. We don't have a mindset, and it's hard for us to understand exactly how girls think. So I'm very thankful for her input and advice on how we as male youth pastors can be more effective and reaching young girls. Again, you do not want to miss next week. So stay tuned for next week's episode.